When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to the Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. FM 104. It's Room 104. It's Cormac and Saoirse here. Evening. Hope you're well now. Do you believe in the devil and demonic possessions? You've obviously seen exorcisms take place in the media and in movies. The, you know, the famous ones. You've seen The Exorcist. We talked a little bit earlier on. Uh, the new one on uh, been added to Netflix with Anthony Hopkins in it, which was called The Right. But do exorcisms take place on a daily basis? Do they operate in real life? Are there actual exorcists who are doing these things on a daily basis? Well, joining us now, we're delighted to welcome onto the show author of um, man who has wrote a book, Diary of an American Exorcist. He's a Monsignor. He's a psychologist. He's also a, a research associate professor at the Catholic University of America in Washington, D.C. And we're delighted to welcome him onto the show now to talk a little bit more about this fascinating area. Monsignor Stephen Rossetti, how are you, sir? Terrific. How are you both doing? Yeah, we're doing well. Now, I don't know much about exorcists. I only know films like The Exorcism, which have always terrified me because when it comes to religion and ghosts and spirits, I don't know what it is. I do get afraid. I'm not afraid of like a monster or an alien, but I feel like there's more to this than people might realise. Is this true? Well, I, I think people have an unconscious kind of dualistic view. We think there's, there's God and there's Satan, and they're both equally powerful, and so we should be frightened of Satan. Whereas what the Christian religions uh, teach us is that there is one God. Satan does exist, but he's a creature and is chained by God and only allowed to do what God allows him to do. So uh, we shouldn't be afraid. I mean, uh, Jesus uh, crushed Satan's kingdom. And that's one thing you learn doing exorcism is that I, the phrase I use is uh, Satan's a dust bunny. You know, don't, don't be afraid of Satan. You know, Jesus is Lord. How does one become an exorcist? Well, uh, the, the bishop uh, uh, chooses you essentially, but it's good to be old. I'm 70, so it's, uh, it's good to be older. And well, they, they, some, some guys have a special charism for it. Other guys are just unlucky to get chosen. But actually, it's a great ministry. Uh, the, the nice thing about it is that you see people get better. And so it's a wonderful thing to see people get their lives back, start feeling better, that they see the joy on their face. And so it's been a very satisfying ministry, although at times, as you might imagine, Imagine, uh, somewhat uh, stressful. And for anyone that might not know too much about exorcism, what is an exorcist? Well, uh, right now, exorcisms in the in the Catholic Church are limited to priests. Uh, so it's a it's a Catholic priest, but someone the bishop chooses, and he's delegated to use the church authority. Jesus said, "I give you authority to cast out demons." So, are there possessed people? Sure, there are. 
Uh, and I know lots of people don't believe it, including, including some church uh, uh, leaders. Matter of fact, a famous story, F- Father Gabriel Morth, actress, former actress of Rome, chatting with a Vatican cardinal, and the cardinal says, I don't believe in all that stuff. Father Morth says, you know, your, your, your eminence, you need to read a book. He said, well, which book is that? He said, it's the Bible. Yeah. So there are people, sadly, who are possessed, and, uh, and the church has the authority to cast out demons, and we do. Now, most people come to us are not possessed but they have a lesser forms of, of a demonic uh, influence we call oppression. So, and they're much easier to deal with. Hollywood, you know, in terms of the, uh, what happens, but still they're liberated uh, fairly quickly and it's a, it's a wonderful thing. You're in, I think, a rather unique position because, as you said, a lot of people don't believe this. And I imagine one of the criticisms that you get is that it's just obviously mental health or a mental illness. But as, as a trained psychologist, you must be then in a very unique position to be able to presumably differentiate between when somebody needs mental health intervention versus when they need your kind of intervention. Well, that's how I got the job. I mean, the cardinal called me and said, I've got this person we, we, who says they need a, an exorcism. So would you evaluate the person as a psychologist? So I did. I evaluated the person. I said, you know, your eminence, this person is this not a psychological problem. I think you need to call an exorcist. So he called three different priests. And they all said they wouldn't do it. And so I was talking to the bishop. He said, well, I said, well, what the heck? give it to me. He said, I'll do it. And uh, I said, how hard can it be? That was my first stupid comment about that, that whole thing. So anyway, it's, it was, it was they're, they're, they can be difficult. So that's how I got into it. None of the other priests would do it. So uh, I've been doing it for 14 years. And what makes someone possessed if they are possessed? Are you born like that? Or do you, have you done something in a past life? There, uh, we don't believe in past lives, first of all. The second, you, know, you only get one shot at this. Okay, number, number two. Uh, well, there are lots of different ways. We'll call doorways to the demonic. But I would say I, I, I give a little three, a three-point recipe for this. One, stop practicing the faith. Your biggest defense against anything demonic is practicing the faith. Jesus is Lord. He, he protects you. The faith is a shield, we say, a helmet, all those sorts of images. It protects you. So stop practicing the faith, number one. Number two, start doing some serious sinful things, you know, and you can imagine what all people are doing. They do, they start, so when you, you commit serious sins, that's an invitation and an opening to, to evil. That, that's what sin is. And then number three, and then to top it off, then start doing some occult stuff, you know, become a witch, do occult stuff, use a Ouija board like the kid did in the, uh, the Exodus movie, which is how he got possessed. As a, it's a real case. So do something occult, which invites Satan and commit serious sins, which creates the wound and take away your defenses, uh, stop practicing the faith, and then makes you very vulnerable uh, to uh, demonic uh, attacks. You've obviously mentioned you've been doing this for 14 years. And as you, you know mentioned, sometimes it can be really stressful, but there is the Hollywood portrayal of exorcisms. And then I'm sure that there's probably some slight differences between that and the real world. But what would, you know, a, a typical, I know there's no typical, but what would an exorcism look like? Well, they're all different. I mean, most of them are somewhat uh, not too uh, flashy, you know, to very uh, simply pray over the person and they might manifest a little bit and they slowly get better. But if occasionally we have a huge case in which their person is really possessed and then all sorts of things start happening, they start vomiting and they start screaming and, and it gets kind of ugly. Uh, as a matter of fact, I know this is a radio, but I'll show it to you too. Here's something someone coughed up, vomited up in a session a few weeks ago. People will vomit up uh, strange things which are not in their stomach. They're actually materialized in, in, the, in the mouth. It's a demonic materialization. There's a, there's a you see a two inch uh, bolt in a, in a washer. Well, it turns out that the person who was possessed had a had a, an occult relationship with someone over, and the person was a maintenance kind of person. So this is an image of coughing up a demonic. Now you say, well, you know, you don't 
don't believe in this, we say, well, where did this nut and this washer come from? You know, this didn't come from the person's stomach. They, it was a demonic materialization. And that, those things happen to us, you know, not in, infrequently where something will happen. You'll say, you know, that's humanly impossible. And do exorcisms always work? Uh, most of the time they do. I was, sometimes a person won't won't change their lives. I mean, it's not magic. We, we're invoking God's authority, God's power. By We, we ask the Lord to, to heal this person in Jesus' name, which we do. And uh, but the person has to be willing to change their lives. If they're not willing to stop playing with a with a witchcraft and Ouija boards, if they're not willing to practice the faith, go to the first thing we ask the person to do is go to confession. The most powerful thing you can do to casting out evil is go to confession. So if they won't do those things, uh, it's not going to work. Again, it's not not magic. Some of the things that I know, and again, it might just be from the movies or whatever. But is it true that in some circumstances? certain circumstances that people will start speaking a language that they don't know and, and things like that, which are, as you said, unexplainable. Have you ever come across anything like that? It was regularly, <laughs> just a couple of weeks ago, this woman in the midst of a trance started writing notes in a East, I won't say which one, but an Eastern European language, which she didn't speak. So we took the notes and we gave it to someone from that country. He said, could you, could you read this for me? And he read, he read the thing and said, oh, it was a, a demonic tirade. I mean, it was, it was in a foreign language. So yeah, it's not uncommon. I often will speak uh, either some Latin or Italian to, I mean, I'm not that good at it, but I can know a little bit. And uh, and to see if the person understands it. If they can understand the language they can't normally speak, then, then you know, that's a sign. I know this is a silly question, but in a household, can it kind of be kind of passed on? Can bad spirits be passed on to other family members or friends? That's a complicated question. Essentially, the, the, the normal rule is it's not like a virus. You don't catch the virus. But can family members influence each other? For example, sometimes, this sounds strange, I know, but sometimes one spouse will be uh, the source of the demonic. They're the ones doing the bad stuff. And the other spouse will manifest the symptoms. Well, you know, for better, for worse, you share, you share, there's a deep bond between a husband and wife. And sometimes you don't realize that. And they do actually, there is this unity between them. Uh, So sometimes the, but generally speaking, uh, generally speaking, you, you don't, it's not a virus. You don't catch it. What what have been some of the uh, most difficult cases that you've worked on? I would say anyone, we had someone recently who was, uh, who parents were Satanists. They they, they were were Satanists. They, they committed their, that's just, I know it sounds nuts, but they they uh, they dedicate their ch- their child to Satan. When that happens, and, and you know it it, it uh, sadly you know it it happens, and that's a rough case. I mean, we, 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 she's been liberated, but it was brutal. You know, when basically the fight in an exorcism is Satan says and says to the person in their ear, and they'll say to us, you know, when they're manifesting, she or he belongs to us, and we say no, she doesn't, or no, he doesn't. He belongs to Jesus. And then we have the person when they're not manifesting say, I, I choose Jesus, my Lord and Savior, and I and I reject Satan. I do the baptismal promises, do you renounce Satan and all his works and all his empty promises? And so we, we and then the fight begins, you know. And so uh it's a fight when they're they're dedicated to Satan, but uh Jesus always wins. Jesus Lord. I mean, one thing you learn about this ministry is you have a great confidence. People ask me about how do I sleep at night. I sleep very well. Jesus Lord, he's gonna take care of me. His blessed mother's got a mantle over me. You know, Satan's a dust bunny. Don't worry about Satan. Look to Jesus and ask for his help. And I assume then you can be repossessed as well. Yes. And now those are the other brutal cases, the, the Satanists. And we had someone who actually had been a, had belonged to a satanic cult, unfortunately. And and she relapsed, uh, which, which I mean, it, and uh, it, there's a, the gospel phrase uh, and then the, the seven worst demons came in. Remember that thing? Remember? Seven worst demons. Yeah, it was it's bad. So 
a relapse is bad. I would say one other thing I've learned from, from uh, these 14 years of being exorcists is the Bible is true, just like it's written. With the, I know this might not be music to people's ears in, in some circles, but what the church teaches you is for your protection, for your holiness. And what the Bible teaches you is true. And you, you get it taught to you as kids, maybe, hopefully. But when, when you do uh, exorcism for 14 years, you experience it. You experience, throw holy water on a, on a possessed person and watch the demons do. Hold up a cross and say, Ache, crucem domini, behold the cross of the Lord. So see what the demons do to that. Jesus is Lord. Our blessed mother comes and, and, and helps us. And mention the name of Mary to a pack of demons and see what they do. They just go berserk. You learn the power of, of the message of Jesus and the truth of the gospel. You're performing these uh, in some of the most extreme cases. Do you, have you ever witnessed things like, uh, you know, it's like, is it like stigmata or other unexplained injuries or, you you know, the ones in the, again, the, the Hollywood example of this is like people are levitating or cracking bones and just absolute massive. Where Where's the line there? Where where have they taken it one step too far and, and made it not real? And, and what's the reality like? Well, occasionally though, things will happen which are not natural for a human being, but they're not miraculous. Demons can't do miracles, but they can do what's natural for them. So to, to levitate someone, they can do it. Now, I've had two people who said they levitate, but not in front of me. So we don't, we don't that doesn't count. But I had two other teams in this country I've talked to, and they said they're, they've had people levitate. We had someone who, who was in church and did a flip uh, several times over a pew. And, and the priest saw it, and, and, and the mother superior saw it and said, that's impossible. So did this, this, this person was just sitting there praying and did a flip. And so the other things, for example, one possessed person's on the floor, a little, she probably weighed about 113 pounds. No one could move her. You know, she was just, couldn't move her. All sorts of strange things. Uh, so, so yeah, there are strange things that happen. Although I would say the, the head turning around thing in the uh, Exorcist movie, although I've never seen the movie, I've heard about it. I don't need to, I, I, I get more than I need. That, that doesn't, that doesn't happen. But, but things which are not natural uh, occasionally do happen. And does it ever frighten you? Like, are you ever scared yourself? I have a low blood pressure. I think I, you know, I, I guess uh, to be an exorcist, one of the, one of the criteria we use, we have lots of wonderful team members, by the way, we have a great team. We have several priests and some deacons and some lay people and some lay women, by the way, were just, just wonderful people. They're just really powerful spiritual people. And uh, Jesus, Lord, you just kind of say, well, yeah. we, we choose, we, we like people who are somewhat fearless. And demons are boring. I mean, the, the evil is boring. Uh, while strange things can happen, they try, to, they try to frighten you. I mean, things start flying off the walls and all sorts of stuff. And you say, and you say, and the people start getting frightened. I say, you know, is that the best it can do? Is that I mean, throw, throwing a picture off a wall? That's something a 12-year-old will do. That's what demons act like, a bunch of 12-year-olds, throwing pictures around, turning things off and on. They blew up my computer a while ago. I mean, you know, they're annoying. They're, they're, they're annoying. And they're annoying and they're adolescent antics. We call them demonic antics, you know? And, and then have you ever faced off, because I know I mentioned in, in your book, which you've written about, you know, your, your, your daily life and your daily workload, but have you ever faced off with Satan himself? Uh, but uh, the, the very important thing I tell new exorcists, I said, be very careful. This is not mano a mano. It's not you against Satan or you against demons. No, it's Jesus. And I many times they'll, they'll possessed person will the demonic will speak to them and will say you know you're that and that fact when lucifer lucifer was there uh one of the other demons said he's Beelzebul, he looked at me and said i i demand to know the name of the head demon because when he goes the rest of them go so i said tell me you know digas me no man do him it'll you know that i told me tell me the name and he said you're not ready for this rosetti they never called me father i always got rosetti you're not ready for this rosetti he said it's it is Lucifer, the Prince of Hell. And I and I said, you're no match for him. And I said, you know, I'm not no match for him. I'm not a match for Lucifer, but but I'm not your problem. I said, Jesus is your problem. And in Jesus' name,
name, I command you to leave. And he did leave eventually. It took about a year and a half. But it, it, you've got to be very careful. It's not me. It's not, uh, you know, Monsignor Rossetti. It's, uh, it is, uh, with all my weaknesses and sinfulness, it's Jesus. You know, I'm not, I, can't, I keep reminding the deep every time they come at me, hey, I'm not your problem. Mm. I'm not your problem. Jesus, I'm, they always threaten to kill me. We're going to kill you. Well, first of all, they can't kill us because if Satan, if Jesus allowed Satan to kill ex people, they'd kill every exorcist in the world. I said, I said, I'm not your problem. I said, Jesus is your problem. And in Jesus' name, I command you to leave. And like, have, as well as that, have they ever, you know, do they know things, do these demons know things about you that the person who you're working with shouldn't know and try to use that stuff against you to throw you? All the time. Yeah. Well, that's one of the signs I've called knowledge. Sure. They'll say things. One, one person popped their head up in there in the middle of their manifesting, looked around the room and said, here's the people who have not gone to confession today before this. And they and walked around and pointed each person in the room and uh, they had not gone to confession that day. Now we don't have to go to confession every day before a session. Although another time, they, they, they looked and popped up and they said, you know, you don't say mass every day. Of course, I was traveling and sometimes I, I, I didn't. And, but they, they caught me on that one. I, so I've been very careful now to uh, make sure I say mass every day so I don't get dissed by a bunch of demons. So, yeah. And they'll say things about knowledge about people uh, in the room. Not, not They don't do it too often, but but it, but it does happen. And, and there's no re way they should have known that. I mean, it's what we call occult knowledge. It's no way they should know that. Yeah, that'd be, that's common, yeah. It's terrifying. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm petrified. I'm going to avoid watching anything on exorcists. And every Halloween, my friends are always trying to talk me into, you know, joining in their Ouija board thing. And I just won't do it. Good, good, yeah, definitely. Here's what I'd say to all of you who are listening throw out those Ouija boards, those tarot cards, summoning the dead, all that stuff. You're asking for trouble. You're asking for trouble. You basically, when you dial some unknown spiritual source, you know, if it ain't God, your only other option is Satan and his demons. You don't, you do not want uh, demons in your life. I guarantee you, because it's very ugly. Well, just to be honest with you now, I suppose, uh, Monsignor, we, for a part of our show, we use tarot cards for like a, a, a feature of our show. Are you saying that? Any sort of divination, any sort of invoking non-God spiritual powers, it's always dangerous. Here, I'll give you an example. A wife of a military officer comes to us. She was into Reiki. Now, the church has warned people against Reiki, the sort of nameless spiritual forces. So then she decides she lost her uh, beloved parent, and she decides that she's going to uh, do some uh, automatic writing. She's going to summon her dead parent. So she takes a pen in her left hand. She's normally right-handed. And she starts getting these messages, you know, of a loving message from supposedly her dead father or mother or was. So she's getting beautiful, loving messages for about six months. And then all of a sudden it went south and it was got really ugly. And she realized that the person she was communicating with was not her dead parent, but was a demon. And she was, and she she was terrified. She she should be terrified. The church warns you about some uh, using divination because if it ain't God, you know, be careful who's answering your phone call. The Lord, the Lord will take care of it. He wants to take care of it. Don't 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 uh, sleep well and say Jesus, Lord, and He'll take care of it. Okay, if, if you've tuned in and you want a little bit more information and you want to learn a little bit more about uh, Monsignor Rossetti's life as an exorcist, a book is called Diary of an American Exorcist. Um, and listen, Monsignor, it's been an absolute pleasure. I know you're under a bit of time pressure, so we'll, we'll wrap it up there. But thanks a million for popping on Room 104 this evening. It's been a pleasure. God bless you all, and God Thank bless you. those listening. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. 
If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.